four-day week global, a New Zealand-based nonprofit, uh, released findings from its latest installment of its pilot program, uh, testing out a four-day work week in participating companies across a range of countries, including Canada, the U.S., Australia and the the UK. It found that after a year's testing uh, out the short week, it remained a huge success. Workers were more efficient, even as work uh, intensity dipped. They worked less and were able to better maintain their work-life balance. Revenues, get this, revenues at these firms uh, participating grew by 15%, and a third of employees said they were uh, less likely to leave their jobs. Uh, As well, self-reported mental and physical health scores improved by 17 and 12 percent respectively. So all in all, uh, a very uh, successful uh, pilot project across many companies in many countries. Now, our first guest says it's time we tried a similar pilot project right here in British Columbia. Sonia Firstenau is the leader of the BC Green Party and she joins me now. Sonia, thank you for joining us today. Oh, happy to be here, Jeff. So, uh, lots to talk about here. Uh, when you look uh, at this particular program in so many different uh, countries, different sectors, uh, do you think, though, even though it is in many jurisdictions, it can actually work here in British Columbia? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It can work here in British Columbia. I mean, the interesting thing about all of these studies and pilots of four-day work weeks is that they are pretty consistent in the... Uh, outcomes that they deliver. So all of the things that you just uh, read off, productivity goes up, satisfaction for employers and employees goes up, burnout goes down. But one of the things I, I that really caught my eye in this latest report from the four-day workweek folks was uh, when asked how much additional pay employees would require in their next job to go back to five days, 33% said between 26 and 50% more 12%, it would require more than 50% increase in their pay, and 14% said no amount of money would induce them to return to a five-day work week. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a very interesting uh, outcome in this, and I, it, it mirrors what comes out from the other reports, which is for people who get to have the experience of a four-day work, or as another way of framing it, a three-day weekend every week, mm-hmm. um, the benefits to their well-being, their health, their stress levels, their family life. There's a reduction in conflict in work-life balance, but also work-to-family balance. All of these things add up to uh, such a significant improvement in their lives that uh, there's, for 14% of them, there's no amount of money that would make them go to a five-day work week again. How can government uh, push this agenda? Because there are some Mm. industries that are regulated federally, others that would argue that, look, uh, one size does not fit all. Um, And Mm -hmm. in some cases, there's parenting challenges with kids. Um, How do you think something like that, beyond just a cultural shift, uh, Mm -hmm. how do you think we implement something like that? Yeah, so we made a call for this uh, uh, back uh, in the springtime, early spring, I guess, February 23rd. Mm-hmm. We were hoping for spring there. And um, and what we proposed was something similar to what's just been announced in Maryland. Uh, there was a bill there that says, try a, uh, have the provincial government uh, offer a three-year pilot of the four-day week. And in exchange for businesses that that take on the four-day week, offer a tax incentive, so uh, you get a reduction in your provincial taxes, 
in exchange for data. So you'd collect, as these other pilot projects have done, you would collect data on your employee well-being, employer satisfaction, productivity, revenue, and provide that data so that government can have that evidence basis for making decisions. I think that that's the easiest way to do it in that it it isn't a one-size-fits-all, but it is an incentive to businesses in saying, hey, we'll, we'll take some of your tax burden away if you're willing to uh, to try out a pilot of a four-day work week, the other benefit that we see, of course, when people's well-being and stress levels uh, are are improved because of a four-day week, we see less of a burden on things like our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you fear, though? Let's just say, if all of what you're saying, you're able to do that in a in a in a pilot project format, and it turns out, let's say, it's a mm-hmm. success. Uh, how do you do that, though, with the society that we have today? People working different hours. We're a 24-7 society in some cases. Uh, there are jobs that just basically would not fit a, a four-day work week, one would argue. Um, do, you not, do you not sort of uh, separate those who are able to do that? Like a tech firm might be able to do that if you're working behind a desk or working from home, those kind of uh, advantages that are there. But those that, let's say, are working at a site that may have constraints in time, maybe putting up a building or a single-family home, whatever it may be, but do we not separate society between those who are able to have that four-day work week and some professions that just don't allow it to happen? Well, I think we have to, you know, not be confined by um, you know, how things are currently. So one of the things I've, I've had this come up a lot, like, you know, some businesses can't just operate four days a week. Sure. But you're, you can have employees. Some employees work Monday to Thursday. Some employees work Tuesday to Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a seven day a week open business, then you just organize your employees in shifts that are uh, four days a week. Um, we have a number of businesses in Cowichan, for example, uh, the 360 heating systems uh, and uh, other kind of trades businesses, and they have a big billboard on the highway advertising four-day work week, right? So they've found a way to make that work for their business. I think it's it's a matter of, of saying, you know, we don't have to be confined to thinking that the only way we can organize a work week is in this five-day week because, as we know, you know, the the two-day weekend was also an invention, right? Mm. Uh, Labor unions fought hard to get people um, the right to have two days off. And I think we can look at the world right now and recognize if we have this evidence that shows increased productivity, increased revenue, there's an incentive to businesses to figure out how do I make this work for the business that I'm in? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it benefits not only my my business, but the people who work for me. And I think the well-being and health of of workers and employees really does have to be recognized as an asset for your business. If you if your employees are taking fewer sick days, mm-hmm. uh, which is another outcome of these four day pilots, by the way, way fewer sick days. If they're taking less time off because of uh, you know being unwell, or um, they're not leaving, they're staying with you. You're investing in them, and that investment pays off because they're they're inclined to stay with you. They that four day week matters so much to them. You benefit as a business from all of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, you know, you raise a very good point in regards to unions fighting for the, the two-day uh, weekend. If you even think the mm-hmm. way society set up today with kids and their summer holidays, families love it. But one would argue there was also set up so uh, kids could help uh, parents in an agrarian society okay. during harvest. So there's a lot of things that have just been set up the way they are, and we haven't moved away from that in regards to efficiency and even uh, providing people a, a bit more free time uh, as well. Uh, I'm just going to change subject just for a moment. Sure. and. It's simply because there's a lot of things on the table here in British Columbia. And as you know very well, as somebody who lives on the island, there's been significant challenges with BC Ferries. Um, Mm -hmm. The chair of the BC Ferries board, Joey McPhail, spoke to Global News earlier today. It's going to be part of their coverage tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, She was asked a little bit about the ongoing issues and leadership concerns. I want you to take a listen to what she had to say. Here's Joey Mm -hmm. McPhail. No one at BC Ferries, uh, the board or the leadership, thinks that this is acceptable. We um, are doing everything we possibly can until medium and long-term solutions are implemented to get customers to their ship and sail and to make those who miss a sailing or have to wait in our terminals to make them as comfortable as possible. I know that doesn't work for people who are having to wait one, two, three sailing waits, but we have a medium and a long-term plan Uh, to invest in technology, in in infrastructure, to expand our uh, capacity and uh, to modernize the corporation. Uh, Sonia, Mm -hmm. based on what uh, Joe McPhail has said, and I don't want to turn it into just what Ms. McPhail is saying, but the core Mm -hmm. challenges of BC Ferries, how do we get out of this mess? Because one vessel goes down, the whole system seems to be turned upside down. Uh, You know, you're telling customers, well, look on Twitter, not everybody's on Twitter, all those types of things. How do we fix this particular challenge? First of all, in the near term, which is this summer, but what are the deeper issues you think need to be dealt with at BC Ferries? You know, one of the things that, and it kind of connects to our conversation about the four-day work week. Um, There was a time in the past when a a job at BC Ferries was really seen as a a high sought-after job. It Mm -hmm. was a career. You could work your way up in the BC Ferries uh, and your, your pay was good, your working conditions were really good. And that has really shifted uh, over the last couple of decades. And I was just on a tour. I was in West Vancouver, went up the Sunshine Coast and, and uh, came back down through Courtney back home. And mm-hmm. so lots of ferry rides and talking to people uh, in those communities about the ferries. And one of the things that I heard over and over again was the expectation of the staff of BC Ferries, so the people that are working, not the captains, but obviously the people that are working on the ship and you need the ship to be fully staffed for it to run, are often on casual part-time contracts. They don't have uh, regular schedules and they're expected to be at the ferry on very short notice and so they're expected to live near the ferry, but of course we know about housing prices. Um, And so... We have this chronic understaffing, partly because um, people working for BC Ferries feel that they're not valued and they're not really interested in sticking around in a job that doesn't feel like it has either good working conditions or good career prospects. So that's one thing that I think needs a really hard look at is if you want to have a stable uh, staff so that you know, we understand that that is the primary thing to make these ships work. Um, 
you've got to treat, you've got to value the staff. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, you're absolutely right. That's part of the challenge as well. Keith Baldry will be joining us at four to talk a little bit about some of those challenges as well. Uh, I thank you for your time today. I look forward to chatting with you next week. I want to chat with you a little bit about Airbnb and housing. And hopefully we, if you have right. some time, we'd love to chat about that next week. Thank you so much for your time today. Happy to. Yeah, thanks so much, Jazz.